Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And to continue on with our spooky episodes, we are going to be talking about Tokyo Ghoul Season 1. And as always, spoilers ahead. The anime Tokyo Ghoul. It was written and illustrated... I'm sorry. The manga Tokyo Ghoul was written and illustrated by Sui Ishida. And the anime is based off of the manga, which has 14 volumes. Tokyo Ghoul was the 27th best-selling manga series in Japan in 2013, with 1.6 million estimated sales. But by the following year, the manga had sold around 2.6 million copies, and this became the fourth fourth best-selling manga series in Japan in 2014. So it had quite a big jump from 2013 to 2014 going from 27th to 4th best-selling. The first season was released on July 4th of 2014, and the second season was released on January uh, January 9th of 2015. You know, I've watched both seasons, and I have to say, I did not think they were actually that... I've Granted, I guess it's still like 7-8 months, I did not think the second season was released that early. Yeah, that's... I don't really know... I guess it was just that popular that they decided to jump right into creating the second season. I mean, didn't that happen with My Hero? Yeah, I think so. But to be fair, I don't know if this really worked out for Tokyo Ghoul that well. The second season was really good and I enjoyed it, but it got a lot of... Um, heat based on the deviation from the manga, which we'll probably talk about when we get into season two. But they had some deviation, they changed the story a bit, and it kind of upset some manga fans. And then when they jumped into Tokyo Ghoul Re, then the whole story started changing and following the manga again, which caused a lot of confusion. I know it caused a lot of confusion for me. Yeah, it caused confusion for me too. I think maybe that's why, because I watched... I may have not watched the second season. I may have watched only Re then, and that one came out a little later, so maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Well, season one and season two actually flow really well together because the end of season one was a huge cliffhanger right in the middle of a battle, which we'll talk about towards the end of this episode. But the the flow was so smooth that season one and season two almost seem like just one 24 episode season rather than two 12 episode seasons so that might be why you're confusing re and season two that might be but i feel like you're always going to get some criticism regardless because it's like when the hunger games a very popular and i think successful movie series came out there's a lot of people like oh my god they didn't add this in the book the book is better like yeah a book has 300 pages plus yeah. pages. It's always going to gonna be better. They're always going to have more details than what screen time they're going to show you. Right. So adaptation's necessary. So there was some backlash. I really enjoyed the second season, but I didn't know anything about the manga. So 
I thought the ending and everything was great. It was just going into re when I learned about the deviation paths. Well, enough about that. Going back to Tokyo Ghoul itself, Tokyo Ghoul is placed in a world where man-eating ghouls live among humans. We follow a human named Ken Kaneki. He is a normal college student that lives a very normal life. But after a terrible accident that nearly kills Kaneki, he wakes up to find that he has become a little less human and become part ghoul. And he has to now attempt to live a normal life despite everything changing in his body and the world being flipped upside down. Yeah, so when creating Tokyo Ghoul, Ishida mentioned in a interview that he is normally into romance and comedy, so this definitely took a different turn when compared to his styles that he really enjoys. What are you talking about? Tokyo Ghoul is the number <laughs> one rom-com. Come on. <laughs> right. I mean, it is a little romantic towards the end of Re, at least. Or not, I don't know necessarily about the manga, but in the It the is in the manga. Itself. But, yeah, he, he wanted to create a manga that focused on a group of villains that were in a minority. But these villains aren't just your average run-of-the-day murderers or anything. They're this entire species completely identical to humans in almost every way, except they only can survive off of eating humans. This is really kind of a scary concept, just thinking about it, because the thought of a creature that lives among crowds in plain sight, just waiting to capture its next meal, you're completely unaware that you could possibly be on its radar, and you have no way of telling whether this is a ghoul or a human. You just have to live your life and hope that you are not set as a target i just have one word for you what i just have one word for you vampire (laughs) oh gosh i did not even (laughs) the way you explained that almost perfectly fits with a lot of vampire concepts as well he literally just created a vampire manga except (laughs) at least in like other like vampire mangas animes they do have it to where like they can live off of other ways of blood i guess like i don't know there's one anime where they have like a government that gives them like blood bags but they can also eat human food as well but in this it's solely like hey these people can't eat anything but human flesh. So I guess that is a little yeah. bit different and kind of unique in its own. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we're just reviewing a, a vampire novel or vampire manga anime. <laughs> but personally, I wouldn't really consider Tokyo Ghoul scary or horror in any way, but it's extremely gory, and I think it's more of like suspenseful and just kind of the concept itself is more along the the gore genre so it it kind of fits into the spooky season because of this blood and massacre they don't really shy away from ripping humans in apart and just devouring them and showing a, a ghoul eating someone's arm or just ripping into their stomach 
or they they don't even shy away from two ghouls just fighting and just completely obliterating each other. It's about monsters that eat humans, and they really don't let you forget that. One thing I kind of like, I personally I like this style of horror better. I know you it like it can be described not horror, but at the same time, I don't really I wouldn't put it under the thriller genre maybe suspense for sure but for me thriller is more like kind of like detective almost where like you're investigating something or like going into like a haunted house again you're like investigating that's where i kind of get like the thriller aspect for like in at least in my mind where horror horror for me doesn't just mean jump scares horror means something that can kind of let your imagination go wild and like you said little mentioned before like if this was real world just imagine like a ghoul can just they don't have any distinct features unless until they're obviously we'll get a little more into them until they basically use their powers otherwise they look exactly like normal humans so i think the horror aspect of this is more psychological more than it is just like the jump scares or like hey here's like freddy krueger here's like a serial killer this is more playing on the minds of like the average person and it's more psychological and i like this because like actually watching it if you feel like into the world it just gives you like an unsettling like feeling that you can't just shake off and I think those horrors are more, not necessarily scary, but more impactful to me. Because then it's like, because it's so realistic. And if you think about it, like, it could, obviously I'm not saying ghouls are real life. But <laughs> you just, you'd never know, because you wouldn't yeah, know. Be. Maybe the government's hiding it from us. Maybe ghouls are real, and this is actually a true story. So that's why I, I, I kind of like these horror, at least in, like, animes and stuff, because it's not you... Because if it was a typical other horror, you'd know, like, oh, this killer's gonna come, and then when they do kill someone, you just kind of like, oh. Like, it's a yeah. horror genre. I expect all these people to die. Where if it's like this, it's... You don't know if the main person's gonna die or not. So I feel yes. like it gives you that suspense and that hope and then it can tear it away, and then that's the kind of, like, the loose-fitting horror. Because I feel like there's just different subgenres of horror you can yeah. fit this in. And like you said, with horror, like, horror is not always just, like, scary or creepy things. Because when you look at, like, the anime or manga Junji Ito, like, that Junji Ito created... His stuff isn't always horror in the terms of a monster that kills people. Like It goes into psychological and more gray areas of what could be considered scary. And there are plenty of his mangas that just completely dive into the concept of morality and how this could happen in a certain way, and that's really the mindfuck of it. So just because it's not jump scares and stuff like that, it doesn't necessarily make it not horror and i think that's why tokyo ghoul is pretty good for this genre because it's part of that gray area 
now that we decided to defend our answers for the past like five <laughs> minutes and describe what we think horror is hopefully that <laughs> will set a precedent for future episodes and everything else but going once again going back to tokyo ghoul so it begins with our protagonist kaneki ken sitting at his local cafe he's reading a book and he admires this old older beautiful lady across the store and like our always main protagonist he's timid by nature you know those sort of like bookworm type main characters that you see constantly in anime but he is pleasantly surprised when this beautiful lady actually comes up and talks to him first and she actually asks him to go out as in actually leave the cafe and like go out on a date and of course he's like da 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 <laughs> this all struck because this person he this beautiful person that he's been admiring like in his fantasies just asked him out so besides that he knows absolutely nothing about this complete total stranger besides the fact that they both like to read books He's like, yeah, let's go. Because, I mean, what teenager, timid, bookworm <laughs> person wouldn't agree to a beautiful lady invitation? Let's be real here. Right, and very progressive. The woman coming up first and asking him on a date. He didn't because he was thinking about doing it, but he was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then she came up to him like, wow, I'm very impressed. But we learned this is... Um, there's some some uh, intentions Alter- behind this. Alternative not... motives. Alt- yeah, alternative motives. She um she has some some plans for him. Uh, so this might be a reason for you guys to not just go with random strangers to a to a date. Like, take notes here, kids. So we find out this woman's name is Rise. And she is a highly dangerous and wanted ghoul. She, they go on this date, and as they're walking home, it gets dark, and she quite literally takes a bite out of Kaneki. And of course, he panics, but he's kind of just like stuck there in a trance because he's just horrified that he is about to be murdered. And as lucky as this may be, or maybe this is misfortunate, but as he's almost murdered. This high-rise crane drops some steel beams on them. And it seemed, seemingly killed both of them. So they get crushed by these girders, and we think they're dead. But then we both find out that the ambulances came and managed to pull Kaneki out. So the doctors are trying to save this young boy's life. And they decide to transplant ghoul organs into this normal human. So they take Reese's organs and they put them into Kaneki. Thus, bringing him back from the brink of death and turning him into a half-ghoul, also known as a one-eyed a one-eyed ghoul. So yeah, kids, don't, don't go to strangers. Don't follow strangers' invitations. You might get bitten and die and yeah like if you're just an average looking dude and this really hot chick comes up to you and is like yo you want to go on a date think twice guys it's too good to be true 
Now we know you're probably not going to get bitten. You probably just get beat up by a whole bunch of people. Because <laughs> that's the other alternative that happens in anime as well. <laughs> right. But to be fair, statistically, he was just so unlikely to be jumped by this chick. Like, what is the worst that could happen? Uh, turning into a ghoul, I guess, is the worst that could happen. But So... He doesn't even realize that he's actually been transplant, uh, transplanted with these, like, ghoul organs. And after a little bit, he's released from the hospital because the ghoul, like, inside him helps him regenerate faster. And so he's able to heal up and he goes home. Of course, not knowing, like, anything going on. And he tries to eat some food because he's hungry. But everything he decides to try to eat, he throws up. And he's like, what is going on with me? And then he sees on, like, the news broadcast or something about a, a ghoul incident. And it gives you kind of, like, the typical exposition anime style where the news anchor decides to fill us in on all the details on what a ghoul is. And the fact that... They only can eat human flesh. Anything else they eat tastes... I forget what they say it tastes like, but they can't... Basically, they Ashes. can't hold it down. What? Tastes like ash. Ash. That's it. And they... Like just imagine eating the end of a cigarette butt. Ew. <laughs> and then they have, they constantly throw it up because it's, like, so disgusting. So, of course, Kaneki is in complete denial about everything that's happening. And he is trying to figure out, like, what's going on. So, he goes as far as stabbing himself with a knife to see if his fears are true. And, sure enough, that knife breaks. And now he's like, oh, shit. What is going on? And he goes out and decides to walk the streets and ends up in a back alley where... Another ghoul is already eating someone. And he's he was brought to this alley because he smelled something, I think he says, like, delicious. or Yeah, I think he said it reminds him of his mother's cooking or something along those lines. Something like, like He's that. entranced by this smell. And then when he finds out that it's a human being, he's, he's mortified by himself. And then this ghoul offers him, like, a hand or something, but then is suddenly killed by Kikishi Nishiro? Uh, Kikishi Nishiro. Kikishi Nishio, claiming that it's his territory. And luckily, before he decides to turn his fangs on our boy Kaneki, another ghoul named Toka comes to his rescue and fends him off. And she's going to become our, pretty much, our second main protagonist in this anime. And he's all kind of, like, still in denial about wanting to eat it. Because his mouth is, like, all watering because he wants to. And Toka finally just forces the hand down his throat and making kind of eat this hand. And he's finally realized what he comes. And he kind of has, like, a little mental breakdown. Yeah, this is really sad to think about because one Kaneki was just trying to get laid like you can't blame a kid for trying and then after that like two he thinks he finally might be getting lucky but instead this girl starts to murder him thinking he's gonna die 
he gets crushed by a bunch of steel beams, and that's sealing the deal. Like, okay, I am dead. Like, that's my death warrant. Okay, I accept that now. And then three, he all of a sudden wakes up in a hospital bed. Like, wow, great, I'm alive. Probably going to hold off dating for a while, but, you know, I'm at least I'm alive. But then he starts slowly discovering that his old life is gone, and there's no longer a place for him in this world that he grew up in. He has to completely change his lifestyle in a, and survive in this brutal world where he just witnessed a territory war by ghouls. It's where it's killed or be killed. And that wouldn't be something easy to adjust to. So just looking at the surface level of this, his whole life changed. And he's only known being a human. He knows nothing about the sight of ghouls. So it's a pretty terrifying and like sad concept to look at. But Yeah... I mean, how would you feel if all of a sudden you were living a normal like it's kind of one of those like almost would you rather questions? Would you rather die or would you rather wake up as a half ghoul? Where it's like, do you really have a spot in the human world or the ghoul world? I mean, you're a half. Do you actually fit in anywhere? Right. We'll learn that here shortly. But even knowing his true nature. He still adamantly denies it. He is both like ashamed, he's frightened, and he's disgusted by the fact that he's a ghoul and he has to consume humans to survive. He even refuses this concept, like he he will not eat humans. But luckily, this cafe that he always frequents with his friend Hide actually happens to be run by ghouls. He had no idea this, but it's run by ghouls and they help him slowly come to terms with it because they now they have the stronger sense of smell and they're able to tell Kaneki isn't human. So they kind of get him to understand the way of life. So the manager, uh, Yoshimura, has tons of sympathy, sympathy towards Kaneki. And he gives him coffee, which Kaneki learns that's the one human thing he's able to enjoy and that's one thing he enjoyed as a human, so he has some shred of his humanity still left in him. But he also gives Kaneki like a parcel of flesh, just a, a package of flesh, so he can sedate his hunger. Coffee is the only thing they can consume, but he still refuses to eat the flesh. And even tempted by Rise, which she now appears in his mind as a hallucination, where she's always tempting him to give in to his ghoul nature. She's always there giving him that push. Just accept who you are. Eat this human. Eat the flesh. Just embrace it. Be this monster that you were trying so hard not to be. In simple terms, join the dark side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so after all of this all happens and his life is turned upside down... He finally decides to return to school, where he meets with his pretty much only friend, Hide. It is pronounced Hide, right? Or is it Hide? <laughs> Hide. Okay, that's what I thought. And Hide is known Kaneki, I think they've known each other since childhood, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of flashbacks of them playing as kids and stuff like that. Which I do kind of like this interaction, because it's not, they don't just straight up say, hey, these are childhood friends, like, they do kind of give you just bits and pieces information throughout the whole thing, but it shows yeah. you, like, how strong their, like, 
bond really is. Yeah, you can really feel it. Like through thick and thin, they'll always have each other's backs. Like this is a bond that they did. They really portrayed it really well because you just have these strong emotions toward Hida and Kaneki as friend group, and they didn't even have to force it. Like it's episode two, and you're already like, man, Hide is a ride or die type of dude. He's got Kaneki's back. And I think one of the things that helps reinforce this idea is that Hide is immediately able to notice something's wrong with Kaneki. But he also has like enough respect for his friend that he doesn't go in right away and be like, yo, what's wrong? He decides that he's going to let him come to let Kaneki come to him when he's ready because he feels like it's something so big that maybe he doesn't want to talk about right now. So that's another instance that shows this like bond between these. But it also ends up being a little a little awkward at times because he <laughs> decides to introduce him to his upperclassman friend, which we end up finding happens to be the same ghoul that was trying to kill him in the alley just a few days ago. And so Hide doesn't know any of this. Uh, shoot, what was his name again? Uh, Nishi, uh, Kiki, uh, Kiki, Nishio? Nishio. Yeah. N- yeah. Nishio. So, Nishio, Kaneki, and Hide decide to leave school together and just try to hang out. Of course, Nishio and Kaneki knows what's going on, but Hide has no idea. And... As they are heading out to, does it, I forget if they say where they're going to, but he ends up leading him to an underpass where he goes to try to reveal Kaneki to his friend Hide. And he decides to almost kill Hide, Nishio does, almost tries to kill Hide by just beating him to a pulp. And Kaneki's trying to fight his urges, and once he sees that Hide's about to die, he finally just gives in to Rize, basically, that's in his mind telling him to kill, kill, kill. So Kaneki finally releases his Kagune and nearly kills Nishio, but he's also starving, like, using this power has made him, like, crave now because his like urges are swelling in him and now he's craving human flesh and he is so un like not in control of his emotions that he actually goes to his best friend and he goes to almost attempt to eat him but thankfully is stopped by toka yeah so toka comes and saves the day on that one because Kaneki was about to do something unforgivable, devouring his friend. But she gets him under control, she knocks him out, and finally Kaneki wakes up in Anteku, which is the cafe that he frequents that's run by the ghouls. And he's freaking out, like, with the fear that he killed his best friend. So he's searching the rooms and stuff, and he discovers that he's resting and recovering in the next room over. So the manager, Yoshimura, comes up and talks to Kaneki. And this is where Kaneki's crumbling. He's crying. He can't handle the fact that he's a ghoul and he can't be a human anymore. 
and he just feels like he doesn't belong anywhere anymore because he's not a full ghoul so he doesn't belong with the ghouls and he's not even human anymore so he can't live a normal life so Yoshimura comforts him and he gives him a job saying you can spend time with us we will assimilate you into this society and give you a safe place where you can be yourself while assuring him that in his current state he is in a place where he belongs in both the human world and the ghoul world not the inverse of that being he's excluded from both he is actually the most qualified person to bridge the gap between the humans and the ghouls he's the only one that can understand both sides of things he's the chosen one he is the chosen one so after this endearing conversation they both leave the room where they're able to they're they're gonna basically move on with Kaneki's life and give him this push to start new and after they leave the room Hide opens his eyes and smiles now nothing's spoken here but we can all assume that Hide has heard the conversation and I assume he's most likely happy because he knows that Kaneki was hurting earlier in the day and Kaneki is able to start to to heal he wasn't ready to talk about it but he knows that Kaneki will start to become at ease and he's, he just is looking for the best for his friend even though he's part ghoul he still has this strong dedication and friendship to him so after we get that little heartfelt scene now we get kind of a reverse look on how ghouls are looked at and treated upon because soon we learn that there's actually a government initiative to eradicate the ghouls called the CCG. And the CCG is sole purpose is to investigate ghouls and to kill them. Two investigators we are introduced to are Kotaro Aman and Kurio Mato. Two very skilled agents and we learn how they actually go and fight with what did they call their weapons basically what they are they actually like harvest the kagune from the ghouls they kill and they're able to somehow use it for themselves so they fight they literally take the expression fight fire with fire and that's how these like normal humans are able to stand up against these ghouls yeah it's their their queen k Queen that's what it's it it's basically a weapon that's made from the ghouls kagane which it, we didn't really explain before but the kagane is their ghoul part that they use to fight essentially it's like their claws the, they have these unique tentacles or weapons that form out of their body and they can use it to fight and each one has like their own unique ability and no one no two ghouls have the same kagane so when some ghouls recognize Kaneki's Kagane, they realize it's actually Reese's, which later down on the road, it brings some unwanted attention. But during this, we also learn how Antiku, the other place harboring, har- har- harboring, harboring, harboring. I don't know why I can't say that. <laughs> We also learned during this episode how the group Anteku gathers their food. And Kaneki goes to join them. 
I think actually the old man tells him to go with him. They're like, hey, time like time to earn your keep or like it's going to be a good experience for you or something. And Kaneki decides to go and they go to this like suicide hot spot and they harvest flesh from suicide victims. So they don't actually go out and kill people. They go out and find people who've killed themselves or other dead bodies. And that's how they get their sort of hunger satisfied is by getting already pre-dead bodies. Yeah. And this is probably one of the most humane things these ghouls can do. Because they aren't killing or harming anyone. And these people are already dead. So why not? And these ghouls are perceived as like monsters to the public so by getting these dead bodies i mean the public would find a way to twist that and be like oh my god you guys are savages you're eating the corpses of people like this is messed up so there's always going to be a side to twist it but this is the most humane thing you can do they're not eating living people these people have already died so what's the harm and the government, honestly, instead of just killing off ghouls, they should probably make a deal with the humans, sort of like organ donors, where in order to help prevent cool ghoul-human murders, they can donate their bodies to be ghoul food. Kind of like, yo, when I die, take my lungs and give it to someone who needs a lung transplant, but give the rest of my body that's not useful to these ghouls and just let them consume me, because kind of satisfy these creatures. So we have organ donator and we have flesh donator. What would you like to uh, sign up for? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be a flesh donor, please. How to, Two things. I'd really I like just, my bone uh, marrow to be ground up for uh, sugar cubes for these ghouls. <laughs> Two things. One, the very similarities, like I brought up again with the whole vampire aspect. Two. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, with the blood bags and stuff. Yeah. Two, I'm surprised, honestly, that at this point in time, that, like, the military hasn't tried to get, recruit these ghouls. I mean, if you think about, like, how other animes go and everything, why wouldn't you want to recruit your own ghouls and just send them to another country and be like, here, go at it? Super soldiers. It's like, one, the ghouls get satisfied. They get to eat whatever they want. They attack your enemies. And if they die, they die. Yeah. Like, now I sound like very anti-ghoul. But it's like, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't put this in, in the anime. Like, yeah, we had this CCT, CCG thing. And I don't want to spoil too much going into yeah. it. But it's like... I'm surprised there was no military action going yeah. through this. Like they're trying to keep it secret, but it's like the public knows about them. Like if yeah, I was gonna say, not to I'm not trying to spoil anything, but they do get a little more into that aspect of things and re I'm not gonna say much because we might cover that in the future, but they get a little more into it. They're not war subjects, but they kinda do fight for them in a way. But I'm just surprised that they're trying to keep this all, like, so secretive mm-hmm. when it's already known to the public ghouls exist. Like, if the public didn't know about ghouls, yes, I could understand this. But for me, it's, like, 
people already know about ghouls. Like, ghouls are already treated like straight-ass criminals, monsters, and all this stuff. And they know about them. Yeah. So why hasn't the military tried to weaponize them? Right. And at least try to do some sort of initiatives to make them not want, like, to make them more publicly known so it makes it more difficult to kill humans even. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of overlook that is had here by the governments and not necessarily the the best insight. They could have handled things better. But, yeah. So after this ghoul food stuff, Kaneki starts doing some networking he's going with some of Anteku's people going to the ghoul underground starts meeting some very interesting ghouls one of which compliments his eye since he's the one-eyed ghoul he has one eye that turns completely black and red kind of like a, a ghoul signature look but she compliments him because one-eyed ghouls are considered mythical there's even a rumor about a legendary and super powerful one named the One-Eyed Owl. But they, you don't really find these that often because I guess ghoul-to-human pregnancies are almost impossible or extremely rare. So seeing a natural One-Eyed Ghoul is almost impossible to find. But he also learns that there's rumors going around the ghoul community that his creation was intentional. And someone purposely killed Rise in order to possibly make Kaneki into what he is. But this is just a rumor that's going around. It's just floating by, but this kind of sticks in his head, so kind of important down the road. So another ghoul then he meets has this weird fascination with him. Like super, super weird fascination. He's sniffing him a lot. Very big creep, like pretty sketchy. Wouldn't want to be around this guy. And he actually basically kidnaps Kaneki and puts him up for auction in like this ghoul trafficking ring that other ghouls can purchase him and eat him. So Kaneki's really meeting some really good people here. Like he's he's networking is his networking is on point. He's he's already in a sex trafficking ring. Like my god. I, I mean to be fair knowing Kaneki his first thing with a stranger Ended up with him being a ghoul, so his track record isn't yeah. the greatest. He's he set a pretty poor precedent. Like my God, day seven as a ghoul and he's already getting sold to in an auction. My God, who thought you could get worse than going to a stranger and becoming a ghoul? But he managed to even break that. <laughs> so throughout all these episodes, we also learned that there are many ghouls trying to live normal lives in society. Like, one, as you kind of mentioned earlier with his, like, networking, the person who, like, creates masks for the ghouls. He's pretty much looks like your average, like, tattoo artist, mask maker person. He doesn't really look like he would be a ghoul, besides the fact that he crafts these, like, weird masks. But he always makes, well, like, special and masks. And his eyes are always black, but I think he writes that up as, like, contacts or or tattooed his eyes or something along those lines he always has black eyes which is the big thing about ghouls but apparently everyone just overlooks that there's like nah you're good man yeah i think he said he like tattooed his irises or something like that yeah. and i'm just like that just sounds Ouch. painful <laughs> like just imagine it oh my god my <laughs> eyes hurt <laughs> but there are, like there are some ghouls that are just trying to 
trying to live their life as best they can. Toka, for instance, has a best friend who is constantly worrying about her and is always making her food. But of course, Toka being a ghoul, she can't really stomach or eat any of it. But she always puts up this charade, like when she's at school and stuff, that she eats it and then she like secretly goes to the bathroom and like throws it up. Even when Toka was sick from a day of school and her friend comes and brings her some like porridge or some food to get better, Toka still tries to eat it and Kaneki goes, Why are you eating that when you don't know like you know you can't eat that? And she goes, Her friend made it for her so she she wants to eat it even if she can. Like, she's that, like, dedicated trying to keep a normal life. Then we also have Nishio, who's the one, again, who almost tried to kill Clyde, or Clyde, Hyde. <laughs> and he actually has a human girlfriend. And yes, that girlfriend knows he's a ghoul. But she's like, one will roll. Don't eat anyone I know, and we can be together. <laughs> such a great rule like yeah it's like you're dating a serial killer and be like yeah you can kill people i don't really care just make sure it's not me or my friends like that's all that matters it's a great rule <laughs> but, i don't um, know if that's like being too carefree or what yeah, exactly or but you're i just mean, trying hey. to ignore it like very weird but this is really sad because it shows these ghouls are trying so hard to live in the human world but no matter what they do like toka she can't eat the human food she's just trying to support her friend and be a good friend and she can't even honestly give a good critique about her food because she's hiding the fact she's a ghoul and nishio he is dating a girl a human but he is trying to live his life without getting her involved in the aspects that he eats other humans and so you see the struggle that they're having and this conflict, and it really eats away at them. So I thought that was kind of nice. It really humanizes them in a way that they're not just these killing machines. They want this affection. They're, they're humans in every way except their, basically their organs and their human consumption. <laughs> So they're not humans at all, but like they're basically they human, but they're not. Of, they have every human intention, but they can't live a human life. <clears throat> it's just like there's good people and there's bad people. There's good ghouls and there's bad ghouls. Cause exactly. Not every ghoul is like, hey, let's try to live normal. Some ghouls are just yeah. like, hey, let's see how many people we can eat before we die. Yeah, like Risei, she was fucked up. She was known as the binge eater, where she would just eat mountains of people in one sitting. And I believe they mentioned, like, ghouls can eat one human and be satisfied for a month, but she would eat, like, one human a day just because she was that type of person. She was not the type of ghoul that you wanted in a society. She a bitch. <laughs> yes, she was not... You don't want to hang around her. You don't want to go on a date with that chick. So while all this stuff is going on, we learn a little bit more about the CCG investigators. And they're starting to fill Tokyo's districts. They're investigating, causing problems for ghouls. And they're starting to enclose on Anteku's area. And this is going to cause some problems for them. But this leads to some ghouls getting attacked and even killed and one of Toka's good friends was killed by an investigator. And this woman had a daughter. 
this ghoul had a daughter and this pissed Toka off and her intentions are to trap and kill these investigators Mado and Amon because she's just so angry at them she wants revenge meanwhile we learn that the investigator Amon believes that killing the ghouls is basically good for the world he's ridding the world of evil ghouls are nothing but monsters that enjoy eating humans and killing them is his civic duty yeah so he kind of just blindly thinks of this righteousness which at some points i guess it wouldn't be bad but i think anything that if you just blindly follow will turn bad in some way or another but you also if i learned anything from anime you'd never want to piss off an anime girl they uh they're a lot stronger than you think <laughs> they're pretty so, badass yeah so chase ensues and mato and amon are split up and toka engages a fight with mato while kaneki fights with amon and during Kaneki's fight, he has absolutely no intention to kill, but Amon does. He's, like, yelling at him, like, why are ghouls the way they are? Like, why do you guys have to feast on humans? Why do you have to kill? Why, like, why are you guys even here? And Kaneki is, like, his voice, do you even know what it's like to be a ghoul? Do you know what it's like having this urge and unable to satisfy it? Do you even know what it's like to like be like be a ghoul? Because he was forced into this life. He lived as a human, and now he's forced to be a ghoul. He knows what it's like to be on both sides. And Amon doesn't. It's not taking any of this, and he's just continues in fighting to kill Kaneki. He has like no intention of hearing him out at this point. He still believes ghouls are nothing but evil. And this is when Kaneki kind of embraces Riaz. Riaz? I don't know why I said it so weird. And he releases his Kagane to finally fight Amon and he destroys what did we call it again? Uh, Quinke. Quinke. And he's left defenseless. Amon's just lying on the ground defenseless. And before Kaneki can lose control of his urges like he did before, he's, like, crying, begging him. He's like, don't make me a murderer. Don't let me kill you. Please run away. Don't make me a murderer. And somehow it kind of got through to Amon. And he decides, he's like, all right. I mean, something's going on with his ghoul. This is a lot different than what he is expecting. He decides to just run away and live to fight another day. While in the meantime, this ends up going back to Toka and Mato's fight. During Toka and Mato's fight, Mato is actually using a Quinque that was made from Toka's friend, the little girl's mother. And... During this fight, that little girl, if I'm not mistaken, she awakens to a power that is, isn't it like split between both the mother and father's, like, yeah. f- almost like a fusion of their mm-hmm. cognate? Yes. And of course, Mato being this, like, 
fanatic scientist is like, oh, beautiful, magnificent, like, you know, that typical, like, mad scientist <laughs> thing. He's like, this is incredible. This is, like, the greatest discovery ever. Two ghouls birthed another ghoul, and their cognate has merged. He's like, fantastic. He's, like, losing his mind. He's like, I can't wait to dissect you and see how your cognate turns into because Toka is even more pissed off. And during the battle, Toka managed to finally be successful in her revenge and kills Mado. Yeah, so Mado's dead. That's great. I hated that guy. Piece of shit. <laughs> so after he dies, a few days roll by and things appear to be going back to normal on Teku. They're doing their normal coffee business and living life but it's not normal a violent ghoul organization called agiri tree has really been brought into fruition it's they're they're getting known they're becoming popular this is grabbing everyone's attention both the ccg and the ghouls because this is looking really bad for ghouls because they're just going around killing and shit and the ccg is like yo like, we have a reason to go murder some ghouls. Let's let's jump on this. They're so. basically like a terrorist group for ghouls yeah. at this point. Yeah, exactly. And for some reason, they take interest in Kaneki, and they kidnap him. So Poor Kaneki. On, seriously, this kid can't catch a fucking break. You know, there's so. a lot of people when this came out, they were like complaining he was being a bitch because he was always crying now i'm not gonna I mean, say at the yeah <laughs> like he was at times like almost throughout the entire series don't get me wrong but try to be in his shoes literally you were human for let's say like 17 years of your life then you become a ghoul you get like how you became a ghoul was you were attacked and almost killed by one you're forced to become a ghoul now. And then now you're getting kidnapped. You had to fight people and almost kill them. And now you're being kidnapped again. Like, you're, you're, it's not your year. It's the 2020 <laughs> for Kaneki right now. It really is. He is just getting a shit wrecked. He's a little baby, but also it's like his life was turned upside down. And he's, he's just getting stomped on. <laughs> so basically... At this point, Anteku comes up with a plan to rescue Kaneki. They are going to infiltrate a Giri tree and get him out. While the CCG also plans an assault on a Giri tree. And they're like, let's just eliminate these motherfuckers. So they're about to start this huge assault. And this comes to the, the finale of this season. Basically, the ending of this season is going to end with this abrupt chaos. This assault. There are m armies of ghouls and humans facing off, and there's death left and right. This, there's uh, the humans who have their queen keys and stuff, but they also have guns that have bullets that are made from the cognates of ghouls. So they're able to kill these ghouls with bullets rather than close combat. So they're sniping these motherfuckers, and everyone's just dying on both sides. The humans eventually force their way into the building and start annihilating ghouls. 
while some investigators managed to get onto the roof of the building where this legendary one-eyed ghoul or one-eyed owl appears this is the same legendary ghoul that Kaneki heard about when he was networking and was talking to that ghoul saying how one-eyed ghouls are rare and extremely powerful so this ghoul appears out of nowhere and it's like oh shit shit's about to get real and while this is happening Anteku sneaks in and they start to look for Kaneki inside the building so while Antiku Antiku is sneaking in looking for Kaneki, we are brought back to him, which he is currently being tortured by another ghoul named Yakumo. A seriously deranged ghoul that wears a hockey mask, and he tortures him in such a way that he will actually regenerate and heal completely before being tortured again. Which we learn through like some flashbacks that Yakumu was actually tortured this way when he was in prison by another prison guard. So he's using his same methods of torture on him as he is on Kaneki. And he reveals that Kaneki's creation was actually planned and that he's wanted to break him since he's had these regenerate powers. So all this like mental, the torture, everything going on in Kaneki's head is finally... Start, is really starting to break him and he's starting to hallucinate again and he finally sees Riaz again that's been like gnawing at the back of him and finally he decides to like give in he's like you know what fuck this fuck all this pain I've been through if you can give me the power to take revenge on my enemies and like save the people I want to he's like you know what let's do this let's become one with this is where he i feel like he actually truly accepts that he is a ghoul now Mm -hmm. and when he finally does this you see you see this moment because his hair turns white and then he does this like cracking with his fingers it's like his tick now yeah it's like that's what the that's what his captor would always do during the uh the torture he would crack his finger before he'd start the torture so that i guess got embedded into kaneki's mind so that's how you know that this is a broken kaneki he's always just cracking his knuckles yeah he does and it's really unsettling too like how he does it because it's not just like regular cracking his knuckle it literally looks like he's breaking his fingers and then they just come back and he turns on his captor and he actually kills him and the sad part well i don't know like really sad but like when this is happening yakumo one of the techniques he had was he had him count backwards from a thousand in seven increments so you'd be like 1993 984 no that's not it seven i don't i can't do math oh 80 86 actually god i can't do math either <laughs> anyways you have him count hard being down. tortured and counting backwards like that <laughs> jesus and while he's attacking yakumo yakumo actually becomes frightened like his ptsd comes back and he starts counting down like you hear that moment that's when you know like the roles have swapped but not only that he, kaneki decides to not only eat yakumo but he actually eats his hagrin or kagrenae 
and that actually helps him almost like evolve into another like a different Kagane like his you see the transformation and then that's it that's where it ends Kaneki gets released and you see him turning into like this badass and he got his immediate revenge but there's this whole war going on Kaneki's hair turned white and Antiku is still trying to come in and look for him you have so much going on and then it just ends like that and you're just like excuse me excuse me um uh you uh you know you uh you gonna tell us what happened Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, we had this big, huge cliffhanger. Kaneki's broken. Like, we watched him get t- tortured. He completely changed his personality. He's shattered inside. He's accepted himself as a ghoul in maybe the worst way possible. And he's devouring another ghoul. And we're just like, that's it. That's all we got, guys. See you in six months. Like, what? Interesting. Good way to end it, guys. Assholes. <laughs> it definitely made you want to watch more. I remember middle. when I first saw this, I was like, uh, excuse me? Luckily for me, I believe Tokyo Season 2 was already out. And, like, immediately after this, I was like, yep, Season 2, <laughs> Episode 1, let's right. go. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's in the middle of a fucking war. We got the one-eyed owl on the roof, mother, the, like, fucking slashing people. What's going on up there? We don't even know. He's just, what the hell? Yeah, we had so many fights, like, about, like, big fights about to go on. We had the yeah. one-eyed owl going on yeah, with these, like, veteran, each other. yeah, these veteran investigators. We have, uh, whatever, a guru, how's Aguirre it pronounced? Tree. tree coming in, attacking. We have Antiku sneaking in, infiltrating this place, and then we have Kaneki going ape shit. Yeah, it's like, and then it's just like, yeah, see you next fall, guys. See you in the winter. What the hell? If I was a ghoul, I'd eat them right now for that. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, whack. My question of the day for you. Actually, I kind of have two questions for you. One is how would you feel or what would you do if your life all of a sudden turned upside down? As in maybe not necessarily turn into a ghoul, but let's say like if we want to make it realistic, what if next thing you know, you became wanted as a terrorist? what would how do you think how would you react to that my second one is more anime related is if you guys do see this and you watch like the different kagunes which kagune would you want or do you have your own unique idea of what you would want that's pretty good it's pretty good ones yeah we would like to hear back from you guys uh when this post I'll post the question on Twitter if you guys want to follow us and comment on that thread. That would be great. We or might not use can... the word terrorist, though. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'll probably just <laughs> post the second question. You know, the, the first one's a little uh, no-fly list type stuff. So, going to avoid that one. The second one's going to be on our, our Facebook page, or our Instagram, which, no, on our Twitter. It's going to be on our Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, uh, we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, I have some facts before we sign out here. So, Yakumo Omori, the ghoul that was torturing Kaneki, 
He's also known as the J as Jason of the 13th Ward, which is a tribute to the famous movie character Jason Voorhees. So, and he also wears a hockey mask all the time, so that's definitely a reference there. If it was I didn't know his last obvious. name. What? I didn't know Jason's last name. I never uh, knew well, he had a last name. I only know it because of my brother, because he's a big movie fan. I probably would not have known it if Derek wasn't a big horror fan. So that's some there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Kaneki's hair turning white is a reference to Marie Antoinette syndrome, which is when the hair turns white due, ex due to extreme stress. And Kaneki's stress was attributed to him being tortured and finally accepting the fact that he is a ghoul and giving himself over to Rise. So we learn he wasn't a masochist and he didn't get off on the torture. Yeah, he was very stressed out by it. Yeah, torture kind of does that to someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, Tokyo Ghoul draws inspiration from the 1915 Franz Kafka story, The Metamorphosis. A story of a man who unexpectedly turns into a giant insect and must learn to live his new life. This is similar to Kaneki when he's turned into half into a half ghoul or one eye ghoul and can no longer live as an ordinary human. Yeah, I mean he's basically a bug. And actually, the f thing is, in season two, we'll start to learn that Kaneki's cognate starts to get more centipede-like sort of like a bug so that could be more reference towards the metamorphosis and this guy turning into a giant insect da -da -da. Da -da -da. so yeah that's all i got for you guys so if you could check us out on instagram and twitter at weebspawn and we also started a facebook page on top of that where we'll be posting similar content and like i said we'll be posting questions of the day on our twitter account so respond to those and you can email us at weebspawn at gmail.com with questions, concerns, recommendations, and we'll be happy to hear back and contact you. We'd love to hear from you. And that's been our spooky episode. <laughs> I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you next time when we weebspawn. <laughs>